Like I rarely come across a male that tells me he's had plastic surgery. I think I can only think of one off the top yeah. of my head, considering I know probably about 20 that yeah. have had the gastric sleeve. Interesting. And then there's so much more that have had like abdominoplasties and everything. Mm-hmm. And I feel like guys just don't talk about that thing. Hey Refam, I'm Kay Wagner and this is Keeping It Real, the podcast tackling gender norms. As you know, avid listeners that you are, we talk about plastic surgery and women in most of our episodes, but we actually often see male patients, which got me thinking about the stigma of men and anything to do with improving their appearance, but especially plastic surgery and cosmetic touch-ups. This week, we're going to start with Kim and Richard to chat about why men come to us, which surgeries are typically interested, and Arby's own experience in the space. After that, we are lucky enough to be joined by the two most gorgeous male patients, Steve and Rob, to chat about their experiences. Is it awkward or embarrassing to talk about? Do they have good support networks from other men or is it pretty much a stoic and solitary journey? But before any of that, like I said, let's welcome Kim and Richard. Women obviously make up the vast majority of our clientele, but we do have quite a few male patients. What type of surgery do they typically have? Uh, Most of the male patients would be coming to see us because they've had significant weight loss. Um, So uh, some of the procedures and their complaints are much the same as women. Um, Tummy is a big one, breasts as well. So um, once they've lost weight and their man boobs, I guess, uh, can become saggy. Um, Arms and thighs as well. Uh, And then the other proportion of patients that we see that are normal weight males that have um, gynecomastia which is male breast development Um, so that's not generally related to weight so they're coming just because their breasts are out of proportion to the rest of them. Gynecomastia just be like I I just assumed that that wasn't always like a staggeringly high amount of breast tissue. Oh it's it's an abnormal amount of breast tissue so all all men will have some breast tissue and there's Obviously, it's a spectrum between normal and where you draw the line at abnormal, but um, palpable, sort of a lump underneath there. In your experience, have you noticed men seemed uh, – it's hard because obviously they're coming to you to talk about the surgery, so it's hard for you to kind of be able to take that step back and understand through the lens of what, what they're talking about with their friends. But it seems this similar kind of – level of openness with all surgeries they come to see you for? No, I, I don't think – I think you're right. I think there is less awareness of it. As you said, the, the patients who come to see us, um, often they've been referred by a partner or a patient of mine today was r- referred from a female friend who I'd operated on um, maybe 10 years ago. But I don't think there's, there is generally the awareness. Obviously, the ones we see, as you said, are, they're comfortable with it because they've come to see us. But I, I don't think they're talking about it with their mates quite as much as the women necessarily would be as well. Um, and patients, often the, the men are wearing really tight, compressive clothing under their clothing. So they are, um, they're trying to hide the excess skin or the, the breast tissue that they have um, under shirts or normal clothes, they would never take their T-shirts off at the beach. Um, so, yeah. it, it is a bit weird, though, because obviously some of the women who we operated on are because of pregnancy, and so that's out of the equation for men. But a lot of the women we operate on are after weight loss. 
and you would think weight loss would be similar amongst men and women, but we certainly see far less than what we see uh, of women who've lost weight. And do you think that's an extension of men as a cohort being far less inclined to be open about emotional or mental struggles and, you know, I'm loathe to say beauty standards because I don't think men talk about beauty standards. They talk about like virility and ferocity and, you know, at the end of the day it is still beauty but they're using more manly words for it. But do you think that this – the stigma around plastic surgery is an extension of men already quite resistant to talking about beauty standards and body image issues. Yeah, I think for sure. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've never really thought about it, but I think you're probably right. It would be interesting to chat with some of our bariatric surgery colleagues to see if, you know, what percentage of patients they have that are men or women. I, I get the feeling they're probably actually operating on more women than yeah. they are men. Um, and so whether that's women are taking things into their own hands a bit more or whether oh, – I don't, I don't think the obesity issue is any more prevalent in women. Um, maybe they're just doing more about it. I'm not sure. I think that'd be right. Yeah, especially when you're thinking like skin removal is – excess skin removal is such a barrier to how people live their lives. And, you know, you obviously see men go through huge amounts of weight loss as well. So to not see those numbers kind of reflected in our body contouring practice, mm, you would assume would extend to that stigma. Yeah, and certainly the patients that we see that we that have lost significant weights that are men that have the surgery get, you know, excellent results as well. Like they do astonishingly mm. um, well from it as well. And I, I think the only sort of even celebrity that I can think of that's a male was one of the original biggest loser winners. Um, I can see, is it Adri, something like that? And oh, he, yeah, yeah, and he, he got the like, like treadmill business. Yeah, yeah, like more than 10 years ago and he had full body contouring surgery and breast reduction surgery and all that. And it, and it was in the women's magazines um, back then. But, I don't, you know, you see plastic surgery and celebrities – all the time, but they never really show men other than facial. terrible facial stuff. Horrible facial Horrible. <laughs> yeah, we're obviously talking about this through quite a narrow lens of body contouring surgery. But do you think there's the same kind of stigma with men who are getting rhinoplasties or facelifts? Um, interesting, though, I think over the probably the last 10, 15 years, more men are coming in for non-surgical treatments as well. So injectables, um, yeah, a huge amount. I looked at a study from Real Self. I found that 23 – oh, I mean, a huge amount of increase. But this study from Real Self said that 23% of the men who had gotten anti-wrinkle or filler was so that they looked younger when they were starting a new job. So, again, you're seeing that kind of difference between men and women, even their reasoning. It was like 79% compared to 50% of women were doing it for lifestyle changes. So it's for them – they're investing in themselves to – go further at work, be more competitive and having that like younger edge, which I found really interesting. And th- that's definitely a frame shift, I think, from 10 or so years ago. Definitely. I think it just in terms of plastic surgery in general, it's very much been reframed from being something that's been as narcissistic to a form of self-care. Do you think with that reframing for women, that's going to be represented more in men and we're going to see less stigma for male patients? Absolutely. Oh, I hope so. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think uh, probably one of the new next big trends is going to be more males uh, looking for body contouring surgery, facial surgery, rhinoplasty surgery, and, and definitely non-surgical uh, interventions, even facials, uh, peels, topical treatments, and as well as the anti-wrinkle uh, anti and filler. I think option. it's so funny that like in the 2000s we had metrosexuals, which was just men who had skincare. Like you, that <laughs> yeah. wouldn't even exist at all anymore, but it was like, oh, that guy washes his face, what a metrosexual. So I assume that with the loss of that language, we are <laughs> slowly. Moved on a little bit from that. Um, talk, talking about uh, skincare and self-care, Richard, I know that you occasionally uh, pop in and have a treatment with our dermal therapist. Uh, share with the listeners uh, what your sort of skin regime is for us, please. Not only this, the dermal therapist, but also our cosmetic physician, Lisa. Well... I'm going to put the shaving all to one side. We'll address that in another podcast. That's a whole oh God, podcast. A whole podcast. <laughs> Let's put it to the side and leave it on the side. <laughs> no, we're going back. To, we're going to circle back to it in a podcast. Uh, well, obviously, I use our skincare range. Obviously. Um, obviously. Um, I love the um, cleanser. I'm not a moisturizer guy. I do what love. You mean you're not a moisturizer guy? I don't know. Doesn't have your skin just feel tight all no. the time? I like that. I don't that think feeling. I ever know a guy that. Puts moisturiser on no. the skin. You've got to advance your circles. No. That's wild. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so I like the um, vitamin C and vitamin A. And uh, in terms of tre – I've definitely have used anti-wrinkle um, in the frown lines. In terms of skin treatments I like, uh, I love the Dermasweep and also the skin pen. I haven't, I haven't ventured, ventured beyond that. Oh, you've had skin pen? I Can you describe that? that? Uh, I quite. I didn't find it uncomfortable. Um, it, it gets a. It's a little bit more painful on your forehead, I think, because the skin is a bit thinner. But the rest of it, I, it didn't bother me at all. Mm. I didn't need um, the topical local anaesthetic, like most of us. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, downtime from that. Did you go straight back to consulting? Yeah, straight back to consulting. I think I, I did it probably at lunchtime. Look, I'm going to interrupt Richard's skincare routine here, although we should probably unpack his lack of moisturising use. But what I think would be really good is to actually chat to some of the male patients that we've had come through here. We've hypothesised that men might not be as open about their surgical experience or find it harder to find a support network of men, but that might or be completely made up and men are experiencing love and acceptance and openness from everybody in their lives and they have a huge support network of men who've also had surgery. So let's find out directly from the source. I'm joined by Steve and then a little bit later we'll get Rob on the phone to chat about his experience as well. But let's get started first with you, Steve. Thank you so much for joining me today. No, thank you for having me. Let's just get started with the easy stuff. What's your surgery journey been like? I've got surgeries if you had. Um, so I had a gastric sleeve surgery about five years ago because mm -hmm. um, I was 145 kilos. Yeah. And for five foot seven, I was mm. big. <laughs> I was big. So I had that done five years ago. Um, no other surgery since then. I dropped all the weight. 
But unfortunately, I thought I was going to get this surgery. I was going to be so confident. I'm going to, you know, walk out and strut my stuff. But no, I ended up with skin on my yep. stomach. I didn't mm-hmm. get it on my legs or hands. Oh, hands. <laughs> not hands. Arms. Yeah. Um, but I did get it on my stomach. So oh, so you didn't have any excess skin on your arms? No. Oh, so I got, so I got a little bit, but I don't work out either. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm very lazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, if I, had I cannot out. stress enough. I am an incredibly lazy person. <laughs> yeah. So I was very fortunate with, like, everything else. But the stomach, like, annoyed me. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, I got this surgery done and I can't even go shirtless to a beach or like yeah. I would show my close friends, mm-hmm. but like any intimate partners or anything like that, I couldn't even like take my shirt off. And I'm like, seriously, I went through all of that. Yeah. I'm not even confident. That's why I started looking into this. And, you know, I knew some of the downsides was like the scar, which is the biggest downside really, I feel like yeah. for getting an abdominoplasty. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't care. I was like, I don't show my stomach as it is now. Yeah. I'm like, I wouldn't care about a scar. So getting that done... Now I walk around the house all the time without a shirt on. Yeah. I'll call my friends on group chat. I'm like, hey, what's going on? I even <laughs> Everyone's like, face. Steve, please. Yeah. I want a shirt on. I was like, look at this. My friend came over and she's like, you have obliques. I'm like, what's an oblique? <laughs> she's like, that's a stomach muscle. Would you call me? <laughs> yeah. I was like, what do you mean? Where did I grow that from? But yeah. it's just been great. It's like given me so much confidence. And like I said, going, like being someone with la- that lacked confidence mm-hmm. and being so overweight I found it very hard and I was someone that relapsed all the time and everyone's yeah. like, oh, you got the gastric sleeve. That's the easy way out. And I'm like, no, you don't understand yeah. unless you're in that situation. I tried everything else. It was to the mm-hmm. point where I wouldn't try something new because I knew I would just fail mm-hmm. and I put myself down like quite a lot. Yeah. And then I got that surgery and I started gaining this confidence and mm-hmm. I just, it was like a new me. But I was like, okay, you still can't show your stomach to people. So yeah. what's going on? And so I was like, I just got to get this done. I was meant to get it done like two years, like two years after I had my gastric sleeve, but then I fell through some hardships just at home and stuff. And I was yeah. like, it delayed the process. So now just getting this done, it's just. Been- so you had excess skin for two years. I had excess skin. So when I had the gastric sleeve, mm-hmm. I lost the majority of my weight in the first year mm-hmm. and I already started developing the excess skin with an year and a half. Yeah. And it was just like, it was just a layer of skin. Mm-hmm. And it was very annoying because I'd always, in my head, I know I'm skinny yeah. and I'm like, I have a good figure mm-hmm. and like my top portion would be amazing. Yeah. I'm like, look at that chest. Yeah. yeah, I'm yeah. Like, look Who at that is she? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I sit there and feel just above like where my stomach, I'm like, I can feel abs. Mm-hmm. Um, I get to the bottom and I'm like, but I can't see it down there. Yeah. And that, that's what annoyed me. Like everyone would be like, you're so skinny. I'm like, but I'm actually skinnier under this skin, yeah, but yeah. you just can't see it. Yeah. So after I got this done, it's just, it's the best because this is how I knew my body looked under all that skin. Yeah. So I just had to get it done. How much excess skin did you have removed? I had four kilos. Wow. And I think I had lipo on my love handles. Yeah. I think half a kilo each off each of my love handles. Yeah. Yeah. But they're still predominant. Like they're Yeah, yeah. Good. And I'm like... (laughs) <laughs> when, like when I finished the whole procedure and everything, I was like, hey, I'm like, they're still there. And <laughs> the surgeon was like, yeah, we got as close as we could. Like, we can't take anymore. You're just built like that. This child bearing Like my whole life, I've just been told you're built like that. And I'm like, God. Yeah. But yeah, so it's great. It's great. So when you went, was uh, when you had your gastric bypass, yeah. was excess skin removal kind of discussed with them? Like, or did, how did, were you just researching on your own? How'd you kind of come to the conclusion to do an abdominoplasty? Um, so when I had the gastric sleeve, they did say there is a chance of excess skin, okay. but they said it probably won't happen to me just because I was younger. Cause I had it done when I was uh, 21, oh, okay. 22. Yeah. 
they're like your skin will bounce back and if you work out and everything don't get me wrong i am lazy but i did work yeah. out for the first four months yeah right? yeah but i thought there was hope I was yeah, <laughs> like i still gave it a try yeah. um and i worked out and everything but it just didn't help so yeah. i think it was just because all my weight was in my stomach mm-hmm. like everywhere yeah um so i yeah ended up with the skin and then i just did the research myself to be honest mm-hmm. i just searched a whole bunch of places that do abdominoplasties and i found you know the one that I like the most, yeah. um, went with it and no regrets. Do you feel like you said that a lot of people say, you know, gastric bypass was an easy way out and sleeves just like cheating a bit. Mm. Do you feel a difference in you talking about this surgery that mm. was to remove excess skin and that surgery? Does talking about different surgeries have different stigmas or reactions from people? Um, a hundred percent. So if I were to say I had a gastric sleeve, they'd Again, the response was, well, you took the easy way. Like some mm-hmm. of the closest people to me told me, don't do it. You're just taking the easy way. You shouldn't do it. And I was like, you don't understand. Mm-hmm. You don't know how I feel. So I have to get this done. And mind you, when you go for a gastric sleeve, there is a risk of something going like really bad. And yeah. you have to come to like terms with that, that you could, God forbid, you could die mm-hmm. in this surgery. Like it, there is a chance with any surgery that that could happen. So if I'm ready to accept that fact because mm-hmm. I'm that unhappy in my life, then nothing you say is going to affect me. Yeah. So that was how I felt around the first time. But when I did the um, the excess skin removal, everyone's like, oh, my God, now I want to go for some excess. I want to get an abdominoplasty. I want yeah. a BBL. And I'm like, hold on. <laughs> I'm like, where was this energy when I had my <laughs> first one? I'm like, now all of you guys want references and who I went to. I'm like, are you serious? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were also really quiet yeah. earlier. <laughs> like so interesting. In the back. <laughs> like in the back. <laughs> But yeah, there's definitely the reactions were completely different, completely different. Have you been able to find like, I mean, obviously you sound like you have a lot of friends and family in terms of a support network. Now, were you able to find people kind of in who had had plastic surgery or like the kind of community of other men who were in the same situation as you? To be honest, I feel like when it comes to people that I know that have had plastic surgery, Mm -hmm. it's mostly female Mm -hmm. like I really come across a male that tells me he's had plastic surgery I think I can only think of one off the top of my head considering I've known probably about 20 that have had the gastric sleeve and then there's so much more that have had like abdominoplasties and everything Mm -hmm. and I feel like guys just don't talk about that thing yeah so that is it's it's weird but it's also nothing to be personally for me I can't speak for anyone else yeah but it's nothing to be ashamed of yeah like when I was told you know you're gonna have skin or you're going to have a scar. I'm like, that's fine. Mm -hmm. You just don't know what troubles I had to go through mentally as well as physically that this is nothing. Like these little blemishes that I'm going to end up with are nothing to me compared to what I went through. So yeah, it it is weird that people don't talk about it. And yeah. everyone's like, well, why don't you keep it a secret? I'm like, but why? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm proud of where I've come to. Like, what do you mean? Yeah. Like, I would see me five years ago and I wouldn't have bat an eyelid at myself. Like, so <laughs> I'm proud of where I've come to. So I'm not ashamed to tell everyone what I've had done or what I will get done in the future. Yeah. Do you feel, do you think now that you've had surgery, you feel it's like a lot less daunting or something you can talk about openly? Like before you had surgery, did it seem a lot more of like a scary beast? Yes, a hundred percent. So like before both my surgeries, like I said, I just got mixed reactions and majority of them were like, you don't need this. Have you weighed up like the cons? Um, It was just basically like, people just putting me down saying mm-hmm. you don't need this it's not necessary you're just taking the easy way out or you know the cons outweigh the pros and it's so annoying because it's like those same people after I've, I've got it done they're like you look amazing yeah like who's your surgeon like shut up man yeah, yeah, like, yeah. what do you mean you Always were putting away. me down three weeks ago before I got it done yeah I'm like, and then you were worried whilst I was in hospital and now all of a sudden you've switched up like no yeah. that's not how it works like 
the support system needs to be there before and after. And unfortunately, yeah. sometimes you don't get it before, but you'll get the applause after. Yeah. So, do you think people? Do you think um, a you obviously look amazing, so then that switches their minds. Thank you. <laughs> um, but do you also think that it's the fact that you're so unabashed and open about it that also makes people seem more positive about it? Um, I think so. So if I were to speak to someone and just tell them how negative things were, side effects and stuff like that, it does tend to scare them. Like I have mm-hmm. spoken to people that have come to me for recommendations and I said, hey, look, it's not all good. There are some long lasting, you know, complications. This is more so with my gastric sleeve, not so yeah. much the abdominoplasty. So I tell them everything. But then when I explain to them, like the pros outweigh the cons, Mm-hmm. And I explain to them how it outweighs it, and especially when it comes to confidence. Like when you're a bigger person, I wish I could be that bigger person or that person that could rock the skin mm-hmm. and just be comfortable in their own skin. Like I look at people like that and I don't judge them because yeah. I'm like, I've, I came from that. I look at them and I'm like, oh my God, I wish I had the strength that you have currently because I wouldn't have gone through all of this. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I just didn't have it in me. So yeah. I had to get these done for my own mental health. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Do you think there's a shift in within like anyone that identifies as male? Do you think that that kind of there is a shift towards less stigma about uh, plastic surgery or having work done? Or do you think it still seems pretty deeply rooted in there? Um, to be honest, I think just no one talks about male surgeries whatsoever. Yeah. It's more so I think everyone just goes towards the girls mm-hmm. and it's like guys are just looking at girls because they're like oh she's got this done she's got that done she mm-hmm. looks amazing and then you've got other girls that look at girls and they're like oh well i'm natural and she's had all this done like she looks like that when it comes to men i don't think we care mm-hmm. to be honest to be yeah. completely honest like i don't think we care it's not something that they speak about mm-hmm. and it's not something that they really consider mm-hmm. sometimes as well like like i said i just came from a really dark place and that's why i had to get what yeah. i had to get done to my body whereas mm-hmm. other men just don't care I think actually there's, if you look at all those data and everything, huge amounts of men are getting it. It's mm. just that we don't call it, so like women, we're chasing beauty standards, right? Yeah. Men are vir- virulent and they want to look powerful. Mm. And so they're the ones that are getting anti-wrinkles so that yeah. they seem younger in a workplace. So then mm. like they're not being aged out. Like they're doing all these things and they have all these um, the kind of similar beauty standards, but like heaven forbid you say that a yeah, man is like achieving a beauty standard yeah. and like it kind of has to be this like secret dark thing and mm. they, they I don't know yet yeah, I think it is quite interesting but what you're saying right is that nobody speaks about it and it's like no because I feel like they think that these are things that demasculate them in a way yeah you know getting the anti-wrinkles getting surgeries done fixing noses I have the worst nose in the world I'm yeah. an Arab with a massive oh nose God, like your that's, nose is gorgeous that's, don't you that's dare a given. Yeah. but like some people get like men will go get them but they don't want to talk about it because yeah. it's like well, I don't, I don't need surgery. I didn't get surgery. What do you mean? Because yeah. it's just demasculating in a way. Yeah. I hate that. Like I hate the stigma around it. Like it's yeah. annoying. It's something that all of us do. Some, some of us deal with it and get mm-hmm. surgery to fix ourselves. Some of them just live with it. Yeah. And I'm like, but don't, don't judge the people that want to try and fix themselves. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, there is a stigma, 100%. And you said that you seem like you've been like very open from it from the beginning, despite yeah. kind of backlash from people. Mm. Outside of your close network, like with strangers, were you equally as open or are you a bit more hesitant to talk about any surgeries you've had? Um, no, I think when it came to the strangers, I was mm-hmm. more open. Because yeah. I was like, if you judge me, I couldn't care less. Yeah, like, yeah, I don't yeah, even yeah, know true, you. True, true. And mind you, back when I had my first surgery done, um, 
I was working at like a, a bar. Mm-hmm. Like I was serving people all the time. I was open to strangers and they took to it so much better than my family. Yeah. I think because the strangers saw the benefits yeah. and because they could see me talking to them and they just saw, like even with my abdominoplasty, mm-hmm. like when I told strangers what I was going to do, they were so excited because they can just see the genuine excitement yeah. that's like vibrating off me. Mm-hmm. Whereas when I told like close friends or family, actually not even close friends, it's just family. Yeah, my yeah. family judges me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like when I told my family... They're like, no, I think because they just straight away go to the negative. Like, mm-hmm. what if something goes wrong? But yeah, I, I definitely was more comfortable speaking to a stranger about it mm-hmm. than some people that, are, that were close to me. Gotcha. What advice would you have for any man that wants to have surgery or is thinking about it or like just doesn't really know how to start it? Um, my thing is, number one thing is do your research. And second thing is, be proud about it. It's nothing to hide. Mm-hmm. We all have insecurities at the end of the day. We all have to look at ourselves in the mirror at the end of the day. You might as well just love up what's like looking back at you. Yeah. You might as well just go for it. It's nothing to be ashamed of, yeah. honestly. Like I'm going to be on the beach with my shirt off. Mm-hmm. I, if you told me five years ago to go to the beach, I didn't go to the beach. I didn't know what the beach was. Yeah. I was like, that's disgusting. And I now you've like got to bleed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? Now I'm going to go to the beach and show my bleats. Mm-hmm. I'm going to fake tan and everything. Yeah. Like, what do you mean? It's just the confidence. And I just wish that people, some people could understand the confidence that you gain. Yeah. But again, everyone's experience is so different. Like mm-hmm. maybe I just have this amount of confidence because I came from such a lack of confidence before. Yeah. And just like that, we have a perfect segue, actually, to go to our next guest, Rob, and see if his experiences are the same. Obviously, a couple of times in this, I've spoken about men as a sweeping generalisation um, and as an entire cohort, which is not the situation. Everybody is very individual and has their own experience with life, with support networks, with plastic surgery. And on that note, Rob, thank you so much for calling in and joining us. We'll probably be asking quite some of the questions to see what your experience was like with plastic surgery. So do you just want to start us off and let us know what your surgery experience has been like and what surgeries you've had? Um, Yeah, so I've done so far a 360 body lift and uh, breast reduction. And was Uh, that because you'd lost a lot of weight? Yeah, so um, I recently walked. Over the last couple of years, we've lost about 110 kilos. Wow, amazing! Um, yeah, thank you, thank you. So yeah, so I had a bit of loose skin to deal with, um, and I thought, you know, perfect time to do it while we're in lockdown. To be honest, that <laughs> there's not much else to do. It's plenty time to recover. Yeah, genius. So when you yeah. first had that, so you had some excess skin, um, gynecomastia. Did were you kind of researching the surgery yourself, or was it suggested to you yeah. by somebody? No, I'd, I'd always, look, I'd been big my whole life, so I'd pretty much, um, I'd always had a plan if I was going to lose it straight away, get everything done, mm-hmm. and basically just start again, <laughs> sort of thing. Um, and uh, and I had was started to think about it when I realised that I was getting to a point where it was not affecting me, but mm. I didn't feel like I was, I had lost that weight because I still had the skin there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, so I'd, uh, I'd seen a couple of surgeons um, to get some quotes and some feeling out, and I went from there. And what was that experience like? Did you feel pretty comfortable with the surgeons you went to, like talking about it openly and just chatting? Um, the first one, I don't think I was mentally ready, mm-hmm. um, and I didn't feel 100% 
comfortable with it. Um, I mean, uh, it, the way he spoke, he spoke a little bit like robotic to me, and mm-hmm. which is, I think, great in a surgeon. Yeah. But I need to have that sort of connection to be comfortable with someone and, and all that sort of thing. So um, I, I think the first surgery was a little bit scared the hell out of me, So, yeah. which was good. <laughs> to re- like, I re- like I had to realise the risk, which yeah. was 100%. Um, but it was, yeah, that was a bit scary. And then so like, then I continued on losing and then was like, nah, I'm ready for this now. I need to get a, um, a second opinion. Yeah, gotcha. I mean, that's understandable. It's such a huge surgery mm. that I think the mm. first scary consultation is always a little bit like that. Very <laughs> yeah, it was very scary. So a lower body lift alone is a huge surgery, let alone paired with breast reduction. What was the kind of recovery like? Yeah, the, 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 it was the recovery, was, well, I'm not going to say it was better than I expected. I, obviously, I thought about it and researched it and everyone was like, worst case scenario. But, mm-hmm. um, and I am the most impatient person in the world. So I was just like, oh, this is going to be forever. Yeah. Um, but it, it was it was not too bad. Like the pain was okay. Um, it, it was pain for the first couple of days. The nurses were amazing in the hospital, but... From that point, there's probably four or five weeks where I thought this is, I was a bit uncomfortable, yeah. but um, nothing I couldn't really deal with. And the support I got was, was amazing as well. Oh, that's really good. So who was your kind of support network in that time? Um, so I stayed at my parents for the first couple of days. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... My mum, being Italian, tried to feed me every 10 minutes to, <laughs> <laughs> to come home pretty fast, otherwise I would have put the whole 100 kilos back on. <laughs> She's um, like, you're wasting away. What have they done yeah, to you? <laughs> exactly. You need, you need to eat. Have some pasta. No, mum. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I stayed there for a little bit. And to be honest, I was pretty not – I'm not going to say self-sufficient, but mm-hmm. like I showered myself in the hospital. So oh, wow, like, that's yeah. how I felt in there. Um so coming home, I stay, or my parents stayed there for two or three days, and then I came back, and I got a mate who lives next door, so he went shopping for me every now and then. Amazing. But I was walking around doing things myself, probably a little bit too early, to be honest. Yeah, I won't tell anyone if you don't. Yeah, don't tell anyone. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. Nah, but I was pretty much self-sufficient within the week. Okay, amazing. So, did yeah. you feel comfortable? Like I know you just said that you had quite a big support network and that you had your neighbours, your friends, your parents. Did you feel comfortable kind of talking to society as a whole, like work colleagues about why you're kind of out of action for a while? Yeah, work was really supportive. So um, I've been at my sort of job for a while and everyone has known what I've gone through and Mm -hmm. work was, you know, take as as much time as you need. And I had, you know, 700 hours sick leave or whatever it was. So so I was just like, go do what you want. Um, even like I initially took four weeks off um, and then uh, when I went for a consult, I'm like, I probably need another week. And they're like, yep, no problem. And then I spoke to work and work like, take as much as you want. Oh, that's um, really I mean, good. Yeah, so they, they were really good. And, and that takes a lot of stress away, to be honest. Yeah, definitely. Like I was still getting paid. Didn't have to rush. People were looking after my job. So it was nice and easy, to be honest. And do you have any more surgeries booked in? Yeah. Um, I've got two more to do. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, booked for the 16th of November. Um, I think it's for a leg. Yeah. So doing my thighs, thigh reduction. Yeah. Um, um, 
not sure if I'll like I still have to lose a little bit more weight again because once I was recovering with lockdown and all that sort of thing, we put a little bit on, but yeah. no dramas. Um, and then arms as well. So there's two more to do. Oh, okay. Perfect. And do you, is the idea of surgery a little less daunting now that you've already done it and apparently up and showering yourself within a couple of days? 100%. 100% like I, that's my biggest concern was, was I knew it was going to be painful and all that sort of thing. My biggest concern was afterwards not being able to look after yourself, shower yourself, all that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, the minute I was literally, I, I remember being in hospital and getting um, a visit from the surgeon and um, I was like, okay, then we need to talk about my legs. And he was just like, just recover <laughs> off this one. Calm down. <laughs> I was like, no, but like, it's just, it just literally walked away while I was talking. You know what yeah, I mean? So yeah, yeah. Like, relax. We'll get to it. No yeah. problem. So, um, yeah, 100%. I feel way more comfortable and happy to do another one. Like, it's just like, yeah, let's do it. Like, honestly, I, I specifically requested that hospital again because mm-hmm. it was like the nurses were amazing. I felt so comfortable. It was like, yeah. That's so good. Really good. So, some patients we've had have spoken about um, how the kind of some surgeries are easier to talk about than other ones. Like some people find yeah. there's less stigma attached to excess skin removal than like breast surgeries. Did you find that to be the case at all? Um, I found that. I didn't have an issue with the 360 body lift and all that sort of thing. I think, I think just saying a breast reduction yeah. for a man, it would be, is a little bit, um, not intimidating, but it's just a little bit funny. It's like, yeah, I had a breast reduction or whatever. Yeah. Because um, you feel but, like you need to do the background of like, everybody has breast tissue, okay? This is everyone's got breast And that's sort of like, when, even when the surgeon said it, I'm like, breast reduction, can we call it something else? Yeah. Like, that's what it is. And now it's just like everyone's had it. Now I say it. Yeah, I had a breast reduction because my boys were hanging on. Yeah. Like, now we're in. So um, that was the only thing. Everything else yeah. is cool. Like everything else is like, I'll talk about it. And I was, for a while, there, I was really um, conscious about the, if I wore shorts and my thighs were sagging or, or yeah. my arms were in a t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a couple of people would say, but the reason why you've done it is well, because you've lost 100 kilos. And if someone's got an issue with that, tell them to, you know. And they're like, yeah, you know, that's a good point. And to be honest, probably no one's looking. Yeah. You know, no one's worrying about things or whatever. It's just all in your own head. So, yeah. yeah. Everyone's so worried about themselves. They don't have time to look at anybody else. Exactly. Yeah. 100%. So that's really good. You just sound like you have the most supportive people around you, which is amazing. Did you have a community of men in similar situations you could chat about surgeries with or like friends who had had surgery? No men, no men. So, um, yeah, look, I would probably speak to guys about sort of like training regimes and all that sort of thing. Yeah. But we never spoke about the loose skin or the surgeries or anything like that. Um, I have a few uh, female friends around that have done it. So, and we've, yeah, we're just connected and a couple have had uh, body lifts or and to um, impress things and all that sort of thing. And we would share discussions about it and, and stories about it, which was yeah. bizarre in its own self because, you know, they were getting fresh like, implants and I was getting reductions. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, yeah, it was, it was funny. You don't, you know the old adage that men really don't speak about a, a lot of things. Yeah. Um, so when, a lot of my female friends were 
we'll open and we'll just be talking about everything. And I'll be like, here's my shirt, here's my scars, take my shirt off. Yeah, have a look at this, have a look at that. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's a little bit more comfortable talking to them at the start. I yeah. Think. Do you think that, that that could change for men? Do you think it'll you'll start to- that like just men as a general, I'm just asking you to speak for all of yeah, mankind. Yeah, I do. Will feel I more do. comfortable think, talking about their bodies and how they look. I think I think men will start becoming a little more comfortable in talking about it and doing things, doing something about it. 100. Yeah. percent Yeah, I think it's it's starting already. Like mm-hmm. about um, of men doing more things and being more um, not worried about it or just you know conscious about how they look and and doing things and having procedures and all that sort of stuff yeah. to keep looking like they want to look, I guess. So yeah. um, I do think I do think it's going to change, or well, it is changing, and I think it would be the norm. What would you say to men who like feel embarrassed to talk about surgery or they're too embarrassed to seek help for something that might be bothering them? Uh, I'd just go and do it. Yeah. <laughs> just don't worry about it. Definitely, if you don't, you know, if you don't want to speak to, you know, your male friends or, or whatever, to be honest, even if you do speak to them, they're going to be, they're not going to be your friends if they're not really going to be supportive. Yeah. They should be able to listen and stuff like that. But even if you just do it yourself, if you get a good surgeon, they will make you feel 100% comfortable when it's easy to have those conversations after. Yeah. Um, once, you, once you break that ice, then it becomes normal. You can probably tell I like talking about it now. So yeah. it's just much straight out. And, um, yeah, I think that first step for for some men, most men, to be honest, is is a tricky one. But um, after that, dog systems go. It's uh, made it. It's, it's been an uh, easier process than I thought. Like it can look like it's going to be daunting. It looks like it'll be never ending, or it looks like it's never going to get better. Yeah. But it actually does. It gets really faster than, and um, the experts know what to do. So just listen to them. Amazing. So you just your your big advice is just taking that first step, which is always the most daunting. Exactly right. Get that done. Once you make that first step, everything else pretty much it just runs like clockwork. If you liked this episode of Keeping It Real, please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, why don't you have a flick through our past episodes? We'd love to hear your requests for future topics. So send your suggestions through to us on IG at Replastic Surgery. That's all for today. And we'll catch you next time for another peek into the world of plastic surgery.